Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to ZorkCast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style, brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of ZorkCast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back. Zorkcast. Didn't think we'd be doing another podcast today, but I have Eric with me. It is 4.48 a.m. and we've had a really fun night that started off with the Playboy Casino. So this is our third segment of the London casino scene. So like I said, we started the night at Playboy Casino and I'll let Eric sort of pick up from there what it was like arriving at the Playboy Casino in Mayfair and a little bit about what that experience was. And then we'll pick up from the rest of the evening from that point. And maybe I'll chime in about a few things, too. So, Eric. Thanks, Michael. Playboy Casino was a cool experience. Private club. We showed up reservations for dinner. Dinner is only available for members of the club. So you and I had applied for membership. They gave us a temporary membership card, good for two weeks, so we could test everything out. After filling out some paperwork, the lovely ladies took us for a nice tour, a couple of good bars. The restaurant was excellent. The casino was kind of small. I wouldn't say I was overly impressed with that. I definitely it seemed, liked it. Seemed also, it seemed awful bright, too, actually, for a casino. <laughs> yeah. Right? Every, a lot of the other areas. See, and the dining room, the dining room was right off the off the side of the casino, which was sort of nice. So the dining room was like, I wouldn't say it was integrated into the casino, but it was off the side. But it was it was a nice little casino. It was bright and, I would say, crisp. You know, it seemed pretty nice, but it was... It was Sunday night, so it was pretty quiet, but it also was pretty small. We did get to view on our tour one of the – they're redoing some private uh, Baccarat, uh, Baccarat rooms. They mostly call it Punto Banco in, in London, and those private rooms were great. We got a couple pictures of them, and they actually have Playboy mural memorabilia on the ceiling, but this – the the whole tour thing was really pretty cool, and the memorabilia around there is good. And actually, Eric saw some interesting memorabilia that brought back memories. Right. So I'm <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when I was a 13 year old kid what my first Playboy looked like. So you know, kids today they have the internet, but you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, you were a 13 year old kid. You knew your Playboy. Well, that first Playboy that I ever had was framed hanging on the wall, and uh, all their memorabilia was for sale. I uh, didn't think it would be a prudent purchase, but uh, I appreciated seeing it there. It had definitely been a while. And the tour was the tour that we had right before dinner was, of course, done by a bunny. What was her name? Jin- Jenny? Jenny. 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 Yeah, yeah, Bunny Jenny gave us the tour, which is great. So we had a really nice dinner, really good chill time. After dinner, we decided to do cigars. They have a really nice uh, – there is no indoor smoking in in London, or actually there's no indoor smoking in the UK, but you can have outdoor smoking lounges. Weather's not real bad here, uh, but it was a covered, it was sort of a covered outdoor smoking area that could be used year round, and they had tons of heaters. 
built in. So it was a really pretty comfortable environment, like a little crisp, but I, the way I sort of like it, but a really great space for cigars. Pretty dark, but nice. Really nice cocktail service also, which was sort of cool. Like all, all the service was really good and all the employees were super nice, I thought. Across the board. Yeah. Everybody was very welcoming and took good care of us. So it was it was really nice. The whole place had a really good vibe. And we checked out the casino, but we've been, you know, this is sort of our low roller kind of trip, you know, basically just doing a little bit of play more so for the experience and the environment. They had uh, Baccarat there was, I think it was 25 pounds to 20,000. Right. Yep. Whereas uh, Empire Casino is 25 pounds to 50,000 with a differential. And they wouldn't do a squeeze game where you can touch the cards at Baccarat, or we should call it Punto Banco, at this casino. They would only let you touch the cards if you were betting a minimum of 100 pounds. And we decided we didn't really want to do that to touch the cards because we could go over to back over to Empire and do that. Also, another interesting point is, so Playboy is a Caesar property, but it is a private club. They have a bar called the Tail Bar at the entrance, which is open to the public. But the dining room and the casino is considered private club, which you need membership or a temporary membership to be able to go to. They issue you a player's card, and I'll try to take a picture to show the player's card. And I have some pictures of this and and the bunny with Eric that took us on our tour, which is pretty good. And we took a picture in the Baccarat room, the new Baccarat salon rooms, salon privé. Anyway, that's... Uh, <laughs> They give you a player's card, and it says Playboy, really cool player's card, but it actually has your same Caesars Total Rewards UK number on it. So at all Total Rewards properties in the UK, and there are quite a few of them, and I'll put the website link to Total Rewards UK in the show notes, basically you you have the same number at all casinos. So even though it's it's considered a private club, they're still doing their player tracking based on your total rewards number, which is sort of interesting. And I think this is the only Caesars property that issues a total rewards card that says Playboy on it, whereas all of the other ones are regular total rewards cards, similar to the way it would be in the States if you went to Caesars or Bally's or the Link or somewhere else. All of them have, they don't, you don't get a Link total rewards card or a Bally's total rewards card. You just have a total rewards card. So that is sort of interesting. It's sort of like separate, but connected. So we finished off this really nice, evening and then we decided we were going to go to empire where we were the night before because like we really i mean i really love the high limit room which is called the dragon room <laughs> you gotta love that you gotta love any high limit room that's called the dragon room and and we're doing we're having this is uh, my first ever like live well not live but like late night podcast so we've got our like after dinner drinks and they're just sort of chilling here and this is really nice and it was a really great this is a really nice end to a really great evening so also we wanted to go back to empire so that eric could get a a total rewards uk card so i'll let you pick up from there so we went to we went back to we went right back to empire and we went to the total rewards guests to start out our night at empire right so we had remembered from last night that the only cards that they had there were seven star cards and gold cards (laughs) 
So the officially, officially, if you come in with a US seven star card, they're supposed to give you a diamond card. Sometimes there's a need for a little social engineering in uh, situations like this. So I walked up and pretended not to know any different and uh, gave her my passport and my U.S. total rewards card and, you know, politely told her that I'd like to be matched to seven stars, knowing that it was not officially their policy. I found it hard to believe she'd only offer me a gold card. So she had to talk to her colleague who then had to call somebody up. And, and I think they just sort of said, just give him the seven star card. Seven star <laughs> card, right. Exactly. Sort just, of like, we don't want, you know what, that's, he's seven star. And they also, you know, the thing that they were fascinated by is that you have pictures on the seven star card for the U.S. Right. Well, that's, that's, only, that's only AC. They don't do that anywhere else to my knowledge. But yeah, the AC one has my beautiful mug on it. And when you're this handsome, you got to show it off on your total rewards card, right? That's a good deal, man. Yeah. yeah and instead, yeah. I just have a blank card with that <laughs> number or anything. And so we went back to the uh, to the dragon room, and we we sat at a different baccarat table tonight because they told us that this was the lucky dealer. And I think the other one was full. The Chinese people wanted the other table tonight for some reason. And this table did have some chips that looked like people were playing there. But then when we sat down, most they sort of removed those chips and we had the table to ourselves. It was a new, you know, they started off a new shoe, did the shuffle and everything that they regularly do. And we did, this is actually a pretty cool, like low roller experience of what we did. Very, we did a group play. So both of us played combined, you know, combined bankroll, 50 50 deal. Remember, it's all, this is all about a recreational, good, comfortable experience. It's a great high limit room as we said before we bought in for 900 yep because nine you know nine's good number 900 you know it's a good thing to buy in for and we started we started the new shoe and it was sort of back and forth a little bit a little bit choppy a little bit unusual I think we were down three or four hundred about four hundred yeah four hundred but maybe a third through the shoe. And then things started to get a little bit better. We went on a run. Yeah. And we actually went on a run where there was a turn. Uh, a turn is when you have a streak and it goes too far to go on the electronic tote board. So it sort of has to make an L and turn. And that's always a big thing in Baccarat when people are walking around looking at tote boards and they're looking to see it made a turn. It's like, ooh, it made the, you, you made the turn. That's <laughs> really good. And I'll, I'll also post a picture of that. And we had some other cool moments I'll let you talk about, uh, especially the Red 8, which we totally forgot about. So I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you talk a little bit about, because they have a totally different tie bet scheme and a couple of other interesting options that happen, which are actually in your favor, especially the one Eric's going to tell you about now. Yeah, so uh, when you're betting on the banker, when you win, you have to pay a 5% commission, but if your hand contains a red eight, the winning banker hand contains a red eight, they waive commission on the first 200 pounds. So maybe we have to say what a red eight is. So it's just an eight that happens eight to be diamonds red. or eight of hearts. Yeah, red, exactly. Red, right. So uh, if the eight of diamonds or eight of hearts shows in your winning banker hand, they waive commission on the first 200 pounds, which came up, what, five times, six times. Yeah, and that was, saved us quite a bit of money. It's good. Yeah, it was really pretty neat. And we had there was one Asian gentleman at the other table. He wasn't really playing on our table, but he was out of the corner of his eye. He was watching closely, 
and he would usually put a put a bet down of I think it was about five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. It was yeah. five hundred pound bet, and he was always he was looking for pairs of two or pairs of three. So if it went two players, two banks, two players, then he would you know go to bet, bet and then he would put that bet down on the bank and just an individual bet. And I think he did this twice, three times, three times, and one time was a, a win with the red eight. Yep. So he had no commission on the first two hundred pounds of that bet. This is good. I haven't really looked into it very much, like looked deep into the math on this, but this is totally obvious. I, I mean, off the off the top of your head, it's obviously something that's advantageous because you're getting commission free in an instance that you regularly don't get commission free on. And unlike some versions of Baccarat, like no commission Baccarat or some variations, there is no change in the rules. This is regular Baccarat with regular rules. And here's just an advantageous situation where you basically are not, it's commission free there. It doesn't happen that often. So it's definitely a player friendly. It's a player friendly rule. And Let's see. Other observations, Eric, from that session? I mean, Eric did learn a little bit about the power of a very important bet. Oh, the skip tie. Yes. The skip tie. Yeah, that that actually uh, turned our fortunes around. (laughs) Following Michael's lead, I guess we'll say, he's a believer in that you bet the tie after a tie, and then you bet the tie on the skip tie, which is the bet after the bet. After a tie, and <laughs> it's uh, a little late. So if we, fu- if we screw some of this up, you have to start it out. If we screw some of this up, you'll forgive us because it's now five oh one a.m. So essentially, we hit a tie bet, and they have these these funny payouts here. So wound up a dollar bet, paid two twenty five, and then the follow up bet didn't hit, and then the skip tie bet hit again for was it one seventy five? I think. So it was basically 400 pounds off of total 30-pound bet. Right. And what you're doing is on this tie bet, and this is totally, you know, it's late off the top of my head. Regular tie bet, you're just betting on any tie. It has a, a specific payout that pays off on tie. This is, there. Are, you can bet, you can bet which ties are being paid out. So you can bet what kind of tie. So a tie a tie hand means that basically both hands are the same. And in Baccarat, the lowest hand is a zero. The highest hand is a nine. So you can have, you know, your options for ties are zero, zero tie, one, one tie, two, two tie, three, three tie, all the way up to nine. If you do the math on it, there are ties that are more likely to happen. The most likely ties to happen are the six and the seven. That's why you often hear people when they play Baccarat say, and they have a six, ooh, really good tie hand because it's very likely to happen. So that's now you could on this bet choose to bet individual ties like just a 4-4 or just a 2-2 tie or you can put basically $10 up which covers a dollar on each of those varieties and I think the highest payout so you're getting then a dollar a dollar bet on all of the tie payouts whereas the lowest is 45 to one for a dollar and it works out to the same as if you were taking $10 and just betting a tie bet and then the highest payout is two fifty or two twenty five to one. We hit two twenty five. They had a two fifty, and there was a two fifty. Was yeah. that four four or three three? I forget. No, it was two one and zero were the uh, the highest ones. No, zero wasn't for sure. 
I'm pretty sure zero wasn't zero zero tie. It wasn't. It was like two and one were the highest. Okay, and zero wasn't. And it's and this is all just based on running the math on which which ties are more likely to happen based on the components of the rules of baccarat with pulling with pulling cards and. You could prove it's just all mathematically provable. I don't know if you're betting on all of them. I'm not sure. It's a horrible bet. It's really a sucker bet. It's 14% house edge. So you have a game here that's like a 1% house edge game. When you bet the tie, it's a really bad sucker bet. Really, (laughs) really bad. Shouldn't do it. Do not bet the tie. But. You know, sometimes you just want to gamble. But as long as you understand that it's a really bad bet. Of course, when you win it, it's not a really bad bet. Well, actually, it still is a really bad bet, but you got lucky. Let's see what else. Uh, the Just the room. We had some really nice all food and beverage you can talk about a little bit. Eric was really nice, right? And comp. Yeah, absolutely. So they have some like dining room tables and you know, they give you menus, whatever you want to eat or drink. Coffee out here is on point. Man, these Europeans, they they can handle their coffee. We don't mess with the coffee in yeah. Europe. You don't get bad coffee. All right. Well, I mean, it was it was solid. So uh, we had a couple of beers. Did you do the cognac again tonight? I had, a, I had another cognac double, yeah. Right. And then we had some food. And, uh, you know, there is no bill. Just we were in that Dragon Lounge and, you know, everything was taken care of. So, uh, you know, the discussion was, well, if we were only playing 25 pounds a hand, you know, really at a 1% game, more or less, between food and If you stay away from the tie. (laughs) If you stay stay away from the tie, food and beverage alone makes up for the house edge. I mean, you could have a good night and, you know, just have a good time. Yeah, and it's a great club atmosphere. It would be a great place to go. You pretty much so could take up or take over a table, and if you took over a table, not everybody has to be playing, and they'll let different people face the cards, which is super cool. So you could have two or three people playing, but if your friend's next to you, they'll let him. If you choose, he can he can. And when we say face the cards, he can turn over the cards, you can squeeze the cards, you can rip the cards. Don't rip the cards in half. Not cool. <laughs> Casinos don't like it when cards are ripped in half. But you can do whatever you want to the cards within reason. Which is sort of fun. You can bang on a table. You can scream. Eric doesn't. He's trying to basically be as excited as some of the Chinese. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't gotten there yet. I have a good excitement level. I get up there, but I'm still not truly up to the true excitement. But we hit some streaks where it was really getting exciting. But then I, I start to sometimes I get very excited, but then I get very intense mm. and quiet. You know, like the whole world is just about those cards, which is fabulous. But it was just a really great night, right? I mean, it was really nice. And, oh, so I guess you want to know what the result is. We're not going to tell you. No. <laughs> so what was the result, Eric? Remember, we bought in for 900 Dub- and Doubled up, brother. Doubled up. Mm-hmm. Cash out. Hit the 1800 mark. Significant number to us. And uh, that's it. Yeah. And that was it. We ended up, cashed up, did our split, and got an Uber back to my flat. And... Here we are. And we're way over time. This will be, historically, the longest ever Zorkast. So I'm going to finish it up now. I'm going to thank 
Eric for coming on the show. And I'm going to also remind you, Eric will be speaking at the first Zork Fest, which will be cool. And, you know, when we have the cocktail reception and other times, I love to talk about narratives and stories about gambling. So does Eric. So we hope you'll have a chance to come to Zork Fest. And... I think that's about it. Well, thank you again, Eric. This was really fun. My pleasure, brother. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.